We're rolling, right? Joel McHale joins us now. He had some ring light issues. He wanted to look camera perfect, apparently. Hit the other button, Joel. Don't you worry about nothing. You're right. There is a problem with your light. Oh, wait. He's... No, you look good. Fucking ring light. I'm outdoors. I can tell. I can smell Connecticut. You uh, you broadcast folks are like, can we get a $400 microphone and some headphones? That's what they made me do. Yeah. What? Why? What, guys, this is what we're I, used to. I, you know what? I need a T1 line. I need a T1. I used to sell long distance. Did you I know have, that uh, in Seattle? Yeah, I have a... Uh, I have a... Uh, I have this. Does this help? <laughs> hit all the... <laughs> Hello? Hit all the fucking buttons on that thing. This isn't even the beginning. This is for promotion because people will see, oh, God, if they're that funny and they haven't even started, I wait mean, for the actual fucking show. I agree. All right, here we go for real. Ready? Three, two, one. Here we go now. And we're going to need you to white balance. <laughs> Hold you are piece. so white. We Hold need it balanced out. Usually, I like to tell an introduction. Action! Fuck! Let me do my introduction. Action. And you're gone. Go. Usually, I like to do an introduction for my guest, and I tell some story about how we met or how we know each other. Or, you know what our background is together, and I don't really have one for this guy. I've always liked him. I always thought he was funny, and then I kind of learned more. And I, oh, he's from my area. He grew up on Mercer Island. You know, mm. with, the, with the fancy people, I grew up in the in the tough streets of Kent, Washington. Uh, both That's played where football. my wife grew up. You haven't even been introduced yet. Don't you worry. Haven't, you haven't it's been fine. introduced yet. Fuck. It's, it's Macklemore, everybody. <laughs> it's not him. He went to Garfield. You you grew up on Mercer. So Did you go to Kent Ridge or Kent Meridian? I went to Jefferson, Thomas Jefferson. Oh, all right. Federal Way School District represent. Anyway, um, he's dropping hints about who he is. He's not Macklemore. Um and we're taping this, at least I am, from my backyard. So it's sort of an ode to the uh, National Parks documentary from Ken Burns. You might hear some, you might see a bear. Anything could happen back here for real. It's not from the Vietnam documentary he did? No. Remember when we were texting the other day, I said, can we just be best friends? And we can be if you want to. I was, that was supposed to be a joke. And you said yes with conditions. Yes. As long as we can hang out with Christopher Guest equally. Oh, my goodness. That yeah. was... Brush with greatness. Of course, uh, Joel's referring to our guest, Chris Guest. Christopher Guest directed directed me in one of my first commercials here in Come Los on. Angeles. Yeah. What was it like? It was for Dockers, Slacks. And yeah, what was the experience like? Well, uh, uh, let's see. I'd been, I, I had to dance. And I never, I had a tiny bit of dance training. I'm a terrible dancer. And I never thought, I was like, I'm not going to use this in Hollywood. Why? I'm not a... I don't do bra any of that crap. And then I had this, I barely got a commercial agent because I couldn't get an agent at all. And uh, and then I got brought in for Christopher Guest for the for this Dockers ad. And it was they were like, Well, you need to be able to dance. And I was like, okay. And I just thought I would fake it. And uh, they, it was called little black dresses and it was a bunch of men dressed in cocktail dresses, except for one guy wearing dockers and they were bringing us in and they had us improvise and they were like, thank you very much. Thank you. And then they just moved me out. And then this one producer was like, Hey, bring that guy back in to dance. And, uh, I, they brought me back in and I did kind of this silly dance. I didn't do real dancing. Uh, my wife and I like kind of throw each other around, and we did that, and I got the part, and then it aired during the Super Bowl. Damn! And, yeah, it was like uh, for me at that time, it was boy, it was that was like two thousand and one. I'd say and, for any time that would be pretty good if you did it yeah, tomorrow. I checked. I mean, got to be directed by him, and then I have seen him subsequently, and he he says like, "Hi, Joel," and I'm like. Hi, Chris. And it's very exciting. Why are you trying to outdo me on the Chris Guest thing? I thought I'd. Well, he didn't shower praise upon me the way he does you. And thank you. Your, he, I couldn't agree with him more because uh, you were beloved and continue to be uh, because of your delivery of how you delivered, you know, sports, which no one else was doing it. When you would say stuff like, 
and like you just show like a baseball highlight and they go in. What do they win? A baseball game. Uh, and I was show uh, them what they've won. Show them what they've won. I believe that's how I did that. They won a major league baseball game. That's precisely what I said. Those were the days. Somebody repeated something on Twitter. It was a Mariner call. I forget who I was working with. Like, God, it was 23 years ago or something. It was so weird. And my voice is higher. I don't know if my voice has changed or was I nervous or did the tape oxidize? Do you ever look back at stuff you've done? And even if it was deemed okay, you're like, God, I was a dork. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I did that today. <laughs> Almost everything I see, I go like, what are you doing? How did you, how did, how did they let that air? It's embarrassing. <laughs> But no, and I think there's something that, because my, I don't, I mean, yes, your voice changes even as you get older and older. And what are you? You're like 80, what? Yeah, 83. And uh, it does get deeper and more raspy, but I feel like some of those tapes from way back when, they, they, uh, they're just, they're, something's changed. Oh, when I look back, I'd love to do a show with, um, something like this has probably been done, but I think, in fact, let's partner because you got all the agents looking back at people way back when so we take all these people who have seemingly accomplished a lot and are known for being pretty good now at what they do but look right. at their early tapes i was a pbs correspondent for klvx in las vegas nevada this is just as i'm finishing unlv and i'm doing these weekly stories for lee winston's community affairs program and i and my voice is terrible i have horrible clothes bad cameraman i'm like prostitution is a serious issue in las vegas you know like you're so bad and it yeah. would be so funny to take those tapes. Let's put it together. Yeah. Why, why I, haven't I, we done this already? I, I mean, I was on that almost live in Seattle, which you would know, Kenny, but sure. no one else would probably. They, it was briefly on Comedy Central. I, I was on there in the 90s. I'm super dyslexic. And thank God I was on there. And they, there was basically a charity uh, like for from the cast because they were like, we're going to let you be on the show, but just do what you do and screw up every single week and we'll put, we'll try and fix it. And it was very, I, I, I imagine if I had come down to Hollywood at the same, like in the nine early nineties or something, when I was on the show and they might, they would have just thought I was in like, I was like, does this person have half of a brain? Oh, they just a brain stem, but they have a dream. Uh, so I was able to get out a lot of the, nerves because half of it was like i'm going to be talking on camera and reading at the same time this is impossible this is like when i watch you would watch you on espn i was like how do they do it they're looking at a video and they're reading it doesn't make any sense how can they what do they are they like a horse with eyes on the side of their head or that's captain and empire i mean in uh, return of the jedi (laughs) we went over that in the chris berman episode here on hey man the Kenny Man Talks to Famous People podcast. Um, And we gave away the, we were doing it, at least I was, to help other people because before I got to ESPN, I was kind of already doing what they do back there and they still do. It's called a shot sheet. So you have a piece of paper. It'll say first inning, one nothing Mariners, Griffey home run number 23, Mariners lead two nothing. And that's all you have. But like you said, you're looking at that piece of paper and the screen back and forth, back and forth. The more you do it, the better you get at it. If it's, Steph, if it's a Warriors game and they're, hey, we're going to do a, a three-play Warrior game coming at you, no no shot sheet. I mean, I know what Steph Curry looks like. You just right. You just say roll one, light one, and you just make up marijuana references, and, and there you go. Oh. And he, what do you do if you, don't, if you don't know their names? The uh, best? Well, find out his name before you have to do it, but if, if you get in those situations where they hand you a sheet and you have no time. Yeah. What do you do? You minimize. You quickly digest what in the hell the script says. I mean, obviously, right. So if it's the Golden State Warriors, there's enough famous people on that team that you can fake it or you can go like number 36 with the ball. We all know him. And you can (laughs) say stuff like that. But if you're calling Ukraine versus Romania, I'm just trying to think. Obviously, you're familiar with many sports. Yeah, but not all. For sure, not all. You're not, you, I, are you a hockey expert like Steve? Uh, no, that's probably my worst sport. And I always admitted it. So you just go Barry and hopefully Barry's working me through that night. And he's and Barry's like, Oh yeah. Right here is where <laughs> it gets real interesting here. Cause uh, you know, that's uh Jacobson from uh, Yellowknife, and he is a real prospect, but nothing like Edmonton's 
John Joe, and he's amazing. So he played a that, medicine hat, junior hockey. No, when when you have time, you circle the pertinent information and you minimize. So you don't list all nine people who touched the damn puck. You just great passing by the predators. Watch the finishing right. touch by so and so, or That's you say true. these guys know who they are. Okay, some of these guys don't want to be cited individually because they're fucking team players, and they don't want the individual. That's the, that's that's, the way to roll. I use that move a few times. When did you know that you'd made it? Because you have made it. You're Hollywood elite. Thank you. Wow. I'm uh for the level that I'm at. I've definitely made it. No, but when? No, honest question. You you sound like you were aspirational at one point. Like how? Let's go way back. When did you say to yourself? Hey, I'm going to be a Hollywood actor and be on shows and be funny and get paid. When did that knew, come into your I mind? knew in seventh grade that I wanted to be an actor. Okay. I, I definitely wanted to be an actor. I knew that. And then uh, I started doing plays with friends. And I, was I have in a stagecraft couple craft in eighth grade, just letting you know. What? I was in stagecraft in eighth grade. Is that some sort of. We made the props. Some sort of black magic or something? <laughs> No, we made the props for the plays at Totem Junior High. Oh, I'm sorry to interrupt. How come you weren't on stage? You would have been I great. Didn't develop the confidence that I now have just to not give a fuck and have no pride whatsoever. Like I'll try. I, I've said this many times, and I don't care if we repeat it. What I do now and get paid for now and have for many years is the same stuff that used to get me sent out in the hall. Right? Like right. what's the most I would agree. absurd thing I can think of this moment and make everybody in Mr. Bell's class laugh? except Mr. Bell, who then said, out in the hall, young man. Did you ever get Mr. Bell to laugh? No, I don't think he ever laughed. He hated me. Yeah. Sixth grade guy hated me, too. I think Mrs. Loomis in third grade, and I've been over this, um, I think she got me. If you know what she, I'm she, she, she understood. Yeah. No, let's go back to the Joel. Wait, hold story. on. I will say how far into your, because when you got the ASP, ESPN gig, that's a huge gig. I mean, that's huge, right? Had you already trained yourself not to give a fuck or did you get on there and went, Oh, I better be uh yeah. No, leagues. I definitely found like I was wearing some blinkers, you know, like, like tighten up a bit. You got to follow their rules a bit, but I started doing some unconventional stuff because I was on ESPN two and it was mo almost like this experimental have fun. Do you get, you know, get the names do right. Have fun otherwise. So I and was you had able seen, to kind of you had seen Keith Oberman and Craig Kilborn doing their thing and letting it fly. Yeah. Right? I knew there was some rope, but at the same time, Stuart got called in. I got called in, you know, Hey, you have to be more serious and you can't just screw around out there. And I was like, yeah, I got the scores, right. Can I just be me? And Stuart was really smart about it. He would just overload them with a bunch of bullshit facts and then do his booyahs and whatnots. Right. He, he knew oh, how to so play smart. the game. And that cool the other side of the pillow became like, well, you know, Neil and I would just scream colder than a pillow. And that was in reverence and laughing out at the same time. Uh, let's go back to young. And Neil is. God dang also. it. You're the interview so, subject. Quit asking Neil questions. Also, wait, hold on. Neil also from the Northwest. Yes. Neil Spokane, Washington. He went to Oregon. Big Oregon duck guy. You Speaking of me, do you think the Pac-12 is they're just going to have an in memoriam statue <laughs> somewhere? I don't know. In Central Oregon or Northern California somewhere. Yeah. I'm so old. I grew up with the Pac-8, so it was already weird to add the two. The Arizona schools to be Pac-10, then you got Utah and Colorado for 12. UCLA and USC going off to whatever this thing is going to be called, the ATM League or whatever they're going to call it. It's just weird, and I get it. Every, you know, it's easy to spend other people's money or tell them what they should and shouldn't do, and there's a lot of money involved. And it's just weird, though. It's yeah, just, what's going to happen to like Oregon State and Washington State and Cal and? What's going to happen to those teams? What's going to happen to Arizona State? Bitcoin. They're going to, Bitcoin's going to buy them. That's going to be your answer for everything I feel like today. Yeah. I was told to buy Bitcoin a year and some change ago. And I didn't buy a lot. I just did, okay, if you say it's true, I believe you. And my, I didn't put in a ton, but it's down about 70%. I just stuck. Oh. I just bought it and just see what happens. And it, I saw what happens. I don't have any friends right now that have a different story than that okay do you know john glazer my friend john glazer you have to right comedians comedian new york he did delocated he was in main street he played my cameraman back on espn glazer with a z an s 
J-O-N-G-L-A-S-E-R. Super funny guy. Uh, okay. Just just go with it. Yeah, I know exactly who he is. He's very funny. I Do you mean apologize, that? John. Do you Blaise, mean but... that? Are yeah. you just saying that? I no, he's super funny. Okay, he's good. one of the funniest people I've seen in a long so, time. Listen so to talented. this. I watched his Netflix special. Uh, amazing comedian. So funny. When you meet him, you're going to love him. I think I've met him. I was driving to New York for the Belmont, and I called him up to see if he wanted to go to the Belmont. And I had two extra tickets, and he didn't answer. So I left this long message, and I never do this. I, I pranked John Glazer, who's one of the funniest guys out there. And he fell for it. I said, John, hey, I'm coming to Belmont. I got a couple tickets. By the way, there's a huge Amway meeting in Brooklyn Saturday night. You'd be so good. It's changed my life since I left ESPN. The car I'm driving, $1. And it's just so many amazing opportunities with your personality. So I go on and on and on. He believes it, and he doesn't know what to do with this. He doesn't know if he should call me back and say he's not interested. or And he's like, maybe Amway would work for me. Uh, maybe Kenny has a point here. you know. But I, I settled it with him. You're going to love him when we do that show, looking back at old tapes. It's called yeah. looking back at old tape show. One of my constant moves with people is when people are like, either how's Hollywood or what you got going on? I was like, oh, everything's good. And I go into the celebrity center and had breakfast there. And then I started my day and I'll just put in a couple little ones. And that's it, you know, 19 times out of 20, it's a good joke, right? Oh. And uh, like even I've made Scientology jokes in front of Erica Christensen, who is one. And she was like, that was good. And, um, and, but there's once in a while where I realize, cause I throw them out and once in a while I realize, oh, that person believes me. And now I kind of love it. And I, then I'm like, I need to say something, especially cause like my wife will be in the room and then she won't notice that I've, trick this person and then it's a whole thing and yeah because it's enough because it's just enough because i live i've lived in los angeles for just enough and i've been on just enough tv shows that people are like oh oh maybe okay i see how it goes what if people actually listen to this and they're like they didn't stay on one thing for more than 30 seconds like we're st i'm still trying to get back to when you were 12 you're in well why well i don't understand why these like i just went on how we learn about you and how we like I've got a story to tell. And then I'll ask him a question during the story. And he's like, well, I don't want to ruin the ending. I was like, wait, you have this all locked and loaded and ready to go. Howie. And he's so funny off the cuff that I'm like, I don't, I don't want your story. I don't care either. Fuck your story. I don't care about your career. When yeah. did you know that I was amazing? Yeah. That you had that confidence to be the guy that wanted to be the guy in seventh grade. Well, I got a hold of some grain alcohol in sixth grade <laughs> and I infused it with grapefruit for one year. And then my mom was like, are we ever going to try that? And I said, I'm waiting for grandpa to die and then we will drink it at his funeral. Uh, so I murdered him. No, uh, <laughs> That's a sentimental story. just making up. Uh, no, I knew I, uh, my parents told me in I was in Haddonfield, New Jersey, right outside of Cherry Hill, New Jersey, which is right outside of Philadelphia, which we lived for for two years. Uh, Wait, is that before Mercer Island or after? Before. Okay, so now to make it even longer, I was born in Europe. Thank you. Uh, Rome one? specifically, double thank you. Your parents Ow. decided to go on vacation nine months pregnant. Mm -hmm. Hey, let's run off. Yeah, so in interesting. We moved to Mercer Island. My mom and dad hated Seattle. What? It was also a time when Seattle was, they didn't hate it, but they were just like, they went from swinging 19, you know, just post 1960s Rome, which is subtropical and it's Rome. And you move to Seattle okay. in the seventies, which is just Boeing, Warehouser and serial killers sure. and rain and trees. There was, and it was so depressed then there was literally signs that said with well, the, the last, last person. Yeah. Would the last person in Seattle please turn off the lights? So that was the and, Boeing crisis where they were laying off people. Yeah. And so, and also the OPEC thing was happening. And so, uh, it was not even any when I, because whenever I tell people I'm Seattle, they're like, oh, that's cool. And I was like, it sure wasn't because not like a single band would ever go through Seattle. 
And so it w- and then all of a sudden it was so cool. And people were like, it's really cool. You're from there. And I'm like, well, I, it's, it happened around us, but yes, I was a huge contributor of that. I hey, made just for me. Can I just keep you from Seattle? Cause it makes the whole thing cooler in our connection. Keep you from Seattle? No, keep the Seattle thing with you so that our connection can be. Oh yeah. I mean, cool. anybody listening out there or watching or Big Seattle guy. Yeah. I mean, come on guys. Everything that comes out of Seattle is good except yes. for, you know, the last 20 years of what's happened to our NBA team. But you know who's doing great? Oh, that's right. What about the um, storm? Our friend Sue Bird. That was fun. Bird, so most, decorated, most decorated athlete out of oh. in Seattle history by a love mile. Sue, love Sue Bird. I'd followed her, had never covered her, you know, except for highlights on SportsCenter. And then one time I was at the SeaTac airport because I, I used to go back and forth, Connecticut and Seattle because got re- new marriage and daughters in Seattle. We're standing at the luggage, uh, uh, whatever they call that thing, the carousel. And she says, hi, I'm Sue Bird. And it was the funniest thing. Like, oh shit, that is Sue Bird. Like, it was just, it was cute. It was nice. It was sweet. Like she went out, cause we're just standing, bunch of people. I'm looking at the ground, not really paying attention. And we were friends ever since. So we got to go to a storm game. That was fun. Let's talk about how great you were at football. And Wait, I didn't about- get to meet her at that celebrity basketball Come on. game. Come on, you've never met Sue Bird? And she was there, and I was there with the Kevin, Kevin, the Kevin Calabro, oh, yeah. trying to get all our notes together. Speaking of like the, none of the players had names on their back. Yeah. He, so, of course, for those not informed, he's referring to the Doug Baldwin Community Affairs event. They had a basketball game at Climate Pledge. Joel and Kevin Calabro were the announcers until Michael Bennett hijacked the whole thing. Yes, until Michael was on. On Mike. And then Marjon Lynch ate like three ham sandwiches during the game He's on the court. Right. And he was He's the coach. Right. Yeah. I love Marshawn. Oh, I like it when Marshawn calls me boss. That just makes, I mean, he calls a lot of people boss, but when he right. does it, it just, it just changes your life in the moment. What's up? Pretty boss? good. Uh, so, anyway, so- I knew she was there and I'm like, the one person I want to meet here is Sue Bird. And I didn't. Let's call it right now. She's supposed to be on this podcast, but she's a little busy playing basketball. We're going to give her a break till the second season. How much bullshit is there in Hollywood, really? Like, how many people do you Are have? you going to, like, your list of questions now? No, I, I wrote nothing. You want to see my thing? I wrote, tell the Raj story, football, early years, Mercer Island. Dear God, I would say there's, a, there's as much bullshit in Hollywood as there is in broadcast sports. Well, like, how many layers of protection do you have? Do you, you have an agent? You have an, oh, an attorney? No, I could bet. Believe me. manager? Very hard. A no manager. Do you I get have, like 12 cents on the dollar at this point? Like what's going on? Oh yeah. No, I'm actually, I'm in debt from the amount of commissions that I pay. What's good though, is that California has really low taxes <laughs> and it doesn't affect. No, I want to know how stuff happens. Cause for me, it either falls out of the sky or I go hustle it. And I know that's unconventional and people are like, how do you not have an agent? It's like, I've had agents that never worked out. I just, fucking call the front desk and hope it works out you know but isn't it weird that stuff works out sometimes and doesn't work out sometimes and it's the same project good or bad and Mm -hmm. and haven't you had things you're like oh my god this should be a hit why won't they say yes and they say no and then they say yes to something that you're like "Ah, i guess i gotta take it yeah there's it's there's no rules and as soon as someone says this is how it works then run for your life (laughs) because they're basing it off of like one year they had and uh and, and it i would say that hollywood is unique because it is it is art and commerce and that's so it's like salt water and fresh water <laughs> some sort of brackish combination uh but when i hear people go hollywood sucks right and i was like everything sucks and everything's great so right. uh i love hollywood and i it's been good to me and i love doing it uh I love being, I love working. This is what I wanted to do. So when I hear actors also complaining about like, oh man, I'm just getting, I'm getting recognized. But I like, I've heard actors like complain that they're being recognized or that people walked up and said, hey, I think you're great. And I was like, imagine how the person writing parking tickets feel every time. Like people are like, thank you so much. This is great. I love your work. And so. Nice gesture. 
Yeah, it would be great. Uh, so what am I saying? Yes, there's lots of bullshit. There's lots of, but I, I don't know. I talk to friends that live back on Mercer Island and they tell me about their jobs. And I was like, that sounds just as awful and wonderful. Here's what I will say. People think that people in Hollywood don't work hard. And uh, I was like, why don't you show up to set at 4.30 every morning and work for 14 hours and tell me how you feel at the end, at the even, end of the day. Even when you do like a little one-off thing, like I've done a bunch of commercials and it's just like a one-day shoot, it's exhausting. And then to think somebody making a movie that is going to take three months or longer. That's how it is every day. They the had adrenaline to put- up and down. Yeah, they had to implement on like new like for Teamsters who drive all the vans and do all the transportation. They even have longer hours. After a certain amount of hours, they have to get them motel or hotel rooms because so many of them were falling asleep and crashing because of the hours. So it's uh, so whenever people say like, "Oh, you just kind of are hanging out," and I was like, "Fuck you! All we do is work." And when I hear people like, "Well, then my vacation's coming up," I'm like. How, how does that work? You just have it. And I, yeah, I, it's, I'm also a workaholic OCD, ADHD, crazy person. So I love the work, but uh, so yeah, there's lots of BS in Hollywood. And I would say the combination of power and money and sometimes sex is uh, particularly, uh, but that's, that can be at any, any True. business that you hear about where things get out of hand. So, and I also think, you know, you hear about like these, like, well, no one in Hollywood stays married. I'm like, well, we have a higher percentage of staying together than they do in Dallas and Houston. So what are they doing? And, uh, and, you know, look at Salt Lake city They're there. They have more plastic surgery per capita than we do. So uh, I'm just making this shit up. Yeah. So I'm, I get really defensive of Hollywood, but when it, it sounded, you sound like you're yelling at me. I just asked the fucking I am question. yelling at you. You did. You attacked me on my own show. Let's talk about how great you were at football and how close oh, were you, how close were you to being you you were you were at the a University terrible, of Washington? I was a terrible football player. No, you weren't. You you were I was a terrible ask any ask ask Mark Bruner or Ernie Conwell. They'll be like, he was like a mascot. Okay. I was super funny on skit night. That, that's what I knew. That's the first time I got respect from the players when I fucking nailed skit night Boom. to the point where like, you know, like if you're a freshman and the seniors are there and they're already, you know, writing the checks because they're, you know, they're already moving on either to the NFL or embittered alcoholism. Uh, no, uh, but they're already moving on. And then you get these freshmen and and then they, they didn't ch- talk to me at all. And I, spe- and I was on the practice squad the entire time. And uh, but again, skit night, man, that was the Yo, first time they, well, I remember DeMarco Farr walked up and it was like, Hey man, that was great. As if it was like, well, that was surprising. And it, cause everything you're doing out there in the football field is. Ooh. So yeah, I walked on, I played one year in high school. So I, w- I went on as a kind of a fluke. Did you get into a game special teams? So I was kickoff, didn't play at all the first year, and then they redshirted me the second year. Okay, because they're like, okay, uh, and he's not as horrible. I was really I could run really fast uh, for my size, but um, but then then I quit. <laughs> I I'm quite an illustrious career. You but you were tight tight end, correct? I was, yeah. And and I bet you did not like running play. You liked send me out. I don't want to block people. I just want to run for passes. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, yeah. But then if you ran out for passes, then people like Dave Hoffman were going to tear your head off. So, or Donald Jones. So you want to be like, how about a real short route? <laughs> to the sideline. And, and whatever you do, don't put the ball too high because I don't want to <laughs> stretch out for anything. You, you know what? It turns out we have something else in common because I walked on at Washington at a high school. Um, and then I walked off and for how long, uh, five days, five days. Yeah. I saw what was the handwriting was on the wall wall. As they said, let me start that again through the hand. Fuck it. Just leave it. Leave the mistake. Um, there was, I was better than the freshman on scholarship, but I didn't think they were going to recognize that. It just, you could just tell, like I'm barely involved in the practice. I'm doing drills on the side and, I went to JC, then I went to UNLV, and I'm glad that I did what I did. You know, no offense to anybody. Don't you think if you had stayed there and just kind of hung around, 
eventually, you know, like John Fiala, who was on this team when I was there, he did not get a scholarship and he was on the practice squad. And then, and then he became the, you never know. Yeah. And then he was the captain of the Steelers. Yeah. I just, I didn't, I wanted to play right away. And I saw, I mean, I guess I would have played on their freshman team, but I didn't like the look of the opportunity. So I went and found a place that liked me and was going to play me. And then UNLV. Where was the JC? Wenatchee, Washington, the home of your apples, for those who are not familiar with the state. There's got to be some nice, cool practices around mid-August. Yeah. <laughs> do, you know, do you know who coached at Wenatchee Valley Community College years back? Don Coriel. San Diego Chargers, Dan Fouts. Oh. That guy, Eric Coriel. Well, was he a you good know, coach? You didn't want to play along with favorite movies, but you sort of did reluctantly after. this. Is I have before. a lot. I mean, there's I lots. I can't remember if you yelled at me after that or before that, but you did yell. And there was yelling. it added a lot of energy. Uh, full Metal Jackets, a- one of my favorites of all time. <laughs> No, I was going to move to greatest sketches. Colonel Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. I just thought of this. I didn't write any fucking questions. I'm just thinking of stuff. What's your favorite movie? I told you, Apocalypse Now, Chinatown, and The Killing by Stanley Kubrick. They they rip off a racetrack. It's amazing. It's in Los Angeles. That came out a couple of years ago, right? 1950-something. Mm. When he passed away, I read this article by, I think, A.O. Scott. And, and he listed all these great old movies of Kubrick. And I'd never heard of this one called The Killing. I have a love of horse racing, uh, you know, and the robbery. It was amazing. You got to look it up, black and white. Um, um, I went to the Stanley Kubrick exhibit at MoMA or uh, one, of the, one of the museums down there uh, on Alpha Wilshire. And it was had all the old props and it was pretty great. I imagine so. I was going to say, because I just saw this like two days ago on Twitter. Somebody repeated it the rick i'm rick james bitch sketch one of the funniest things i've ever like i can watch it over and over and over charlie yeah. murphy right and then the other would be key and peel substitute teacher i don't know that it gets funnier than that i mean is there, is there something you've seen that tops either of those well i mean the parrot sketch of monty python when i first saw it sure. i was like or the one where he Brings his dead mom in a bag to the mortuary. Uh, that's pretty great. Uh, I mean, I, 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 let's see. A sketch that I'll never not. I mean, cowbell. Oh, yeah. Good. I mean, come on. Uh, I mean, there's, yeah, no, I mean, we are, I was, there's so many, uh, I mean, Phil Hartman playing Ronald Reagan. That's all. Uh, or Phil Hartman playing uh, Frank Sinatra or Unfrozen Caveman Lawyer. Uh, I mean, there's, I don't know where, I don't know where this begins and ends. Or a mini, mini Johnny Carson moment. Like, say, I'm so old. That was the thing. What are you, 50? I am 50. So I'm, I'm another level up from you as far, you know, in the low 60s. All right. So wake so state. 64. 62. Staying up to watch Johnny Carson was like a big deal. Like listening to his monologue, watching his Marty Mighty Carson art player. That was that was high comedy. It still is. Yeah. It's very funny. Your Johnny Carson was kind of my David Letterman. Sure, exactly. Uh, and then, of course, it was Conan because uh, Conan came out in the '90s, and I remember seeing. There was a sketch. I, I told Conan when I was on his show, I was like, you're the only show I've ever written a letter to ever because of this sketch that he did. And I was alone in my home in my parents' basement. And I laughed so hard that my parents thought I had detached from reality. And so I wrote a letter. Did they respond? They did not respond. Damn it, Conan. Yeah. But I was able to tell him that story, which was so cool. If critics were to review this hour we're spending together. Oh, you think this is going to be an hour? It's almost there. Shit. <laughs> we're getting to the goal line. I think they're going to be more impressed when it really kicks in in this. In the last seven minutes? Second hour. The critics are going to say this was a disjointed and unconventional and rambling interview. But I thought it had you some good moments. You think that... Critics will actually review this. 
That is the shocking part. All we're t- How far we're- are you away from uh, New Fairfield? New Fairfield. Not just Fairfield, but New Fairfield. I feel like there's a New Fairfield and not probably just probably is. I know where Fairfield is. It's, you know, an hour-ish, depending on traffic. Is there a lake? Lake Fairfield. <laughs> I don't know. I, don't, I just want to be in Seattle. I just what, left what's Seattle. With, what's wrong with Connecticut? Nothing wrong with it. It's just Seattle has, we got a lake. We got mountains. We got the Sonic Sounders. We don't used to have the Sonics. We got bring back Sonics. We got Storm, you know what I'm saying? Seahawks. We got all that stuff. I know People, you get asked this all the time, but are we going to get this? We're, there is an NBA expansion coming up, right? Well, Silver sure hinted at it strongly. And then they kind of borderline backed up, but we got the new gym. There's no way they can deny that it's not a sufficient facility. It's one of the nicest, coolest joints there is, the Climate Pledge yeah. Arena. I, you know, now I've become a Lakers fan and a Clippers fan in yeah, a way. Man. I mean, it's been 20 years. 2008. And yeah, so it, oh, geez, it hasn't been two thousand. It hasn't been 20 years. It seems like 20 years. It feels like it. Do you Thanks know a that, lot, Howard Owens. Way to well, go, dude. Howard Schultz was the... uh, I mean, Howard Schultz? Yeah. Howard Owens is a friend of mine. You confuse him with Jim Owens, the old Husky coach. But um, I stopped going to Starbucks. Well, first I went to Starbucks and I'd say, give me two shots of espresso with the tears of Gus Williams. And they wouldn't get where I was coming. Gus Williams, of course, number one, the wizard played for the Sonics. You should have put a Lonnie Shelton reference in there. Maybe So so my daughter's eight years old at the time. She said, Dad, this is the dumbest... dumbest boycott i've ever you know like she's eight and she schooled me so i stopped going i have not been back since i haven't gone since 2009 i guess it would be and i don't know if that's really helping get the sonics back to seattle but it feels good it feels like a little pain because i like coffee i think it's uh, a very noble uh way to protest charles schultz it's <laughs> gonna keep naming you all feel like you you hated me for a while during this interview when you went on your long defense of hollywood Hated you. Yeah, you did. No, no. I thought you were just reading off. Uh, I'm not uh, reading anything. Why we get accused of reading shit all the time? Like they used to say that. No, no, no. I, I didn't. No, I, I. You teed me up. It was great. I love that stuff. Would you like to defend another town? Let's try Reno. Yes. What do you be? All the. Well, when everyone said, and I'm from Mercer. I grew up on Mercer Island, which is fancy town. Become very fancy, and then when you talk to people from. Washington State, when you're they're like, where'd you grow up? I'm like, Mercer on, they go, oh. And then I always go, oh, I'm so sorry. My parents did better than yours. <laughs> I'm so sorry that my, that my dad had higher income than your dad. And you had to live in Edmonds. <laughs> That's how it usually goes. So you like to go with cruelty for comedy? I, I steer into it because most people are like, well, well, you know, it's just, you know, we're not like, not everybody, but whatever. Does your wife get tired of you? Do you joke around? She is so like, tired of me. Like, seriously, just shut all, up. It is like, uh, how do I describe It's just, I am like a fresh mosquito bite in, like, in her shoe. Like, somehow the mosquito got right in between. Just, uh, she will tell me all the time that I'm, she'll be like, now you're being annoying again. Yeah, I yeah. get that a lot. She's annoyed by me when I'm asleep. So, is she there? Is she there? Sarah? No. She's not. This is this is a separate building. Hmm. Yeah. On your so. Compound. It's uh thank you. Decorated like call it a manor. <laughs> it's decorated behind Joel for those without the visual perspective. Uh yeah. He has sort of a glass partition. You might see the massage facility. And yeah. then there's um cabinetry. And He's now hiding behind the glass partition. I was coming up. Welcome. Hi, may I get you a glass of tea? Very nice. Do you know that the one bit of Japanese I know is because of Kazuhiro Sasaki? Remember the Mariners pitcher? Yeah, what did that have to do with that screen? It had a a Japanese motif to it, I I felt. Nope. That is... Bulgarian? All right. So what about um, this Japanese pitcher for the Mariners? Kazuhiro Sasaki. He spoke no English. I spoke no Japanese, but we found a middle ground by learning how to say peekaboo in each of our languages. And I did peekaboo for him, made him giggle. And I said, how do you say that in Japan? And his translator asked him and it's nainaiba. So anytime if you see a group of Japanese children and want to make them laugh, do the peekaboo gesture with your hands and go nainaiba. 
Okay. So when a Japanese player would hit a home run, say uh, Shohei Otani, say, I would yell Nainaba as the ball crossed the fence. And would people like the like on Twitter go like, I, I heard you. I, I saw your secret code. Only Japanese fans, but I don't have any. Oh, um, I'm getting a phone call right now, but I'm going to ignore it because this podcast it rolls from? on. Is it from Sue Bird? No, um, this is a, unrelated to this project. Oh. Wow. Look how fast our time has gone. Do you know anything our, our about- Our time is still, what, what do you mean? Oh, we're in overtime. Are you good for more time? You were late. I was late. I didn't how hop late? on until like 104. Boom, we're going for five more minutes of questioning. And, uh, you know, Mr. Asspan- he had all his demands, oh, and, true. Uh, which I met none. Yeah, Joel's referencing. I have been it. on podcasts where they're like, we would really like you to be using a microphone. Yeah, they say that. And you know what? I did a podcast with Joe Walsh, not the not the musician, but but the former Tea Party guy that is now anti-Trump. And he's yeah. doing a podcast where he's trying to find people left and right, and let's find some things we can agree on. It's an interesting podcast. You know, I like I liked my time with him, but they sent me like 300 pounds of equipment and they wanted me to go to my basement and plug it into the actual box that comes in from the street. We had wires, dogs are tripping. I was like, guys, I'm not doing that. I, I'm not a technician. I just talk. I say jokes and you guys are in charge of equipment. So we booked a studio in Hartford. That's how I usually do my podcast interviews, except for this special one, which is done outdoors. How far is the commute to Hartford? Oh, it's nothing. 12, 12 miles. Oh, well, that's not too bad. Uh, but now, but aren't you tempted to do it from here all the time, except if, for you know around January? Oh, yeah. If if the technicians will allow, Paul, text us and tell us was the audio fine? Other than he'd be like, know. there was a lot of sparrow noise. So after my Seattle vacation, I saw you during my vacation at that event in Seattle where you were the... Um, I can't believe you were just a spectator at that event. Well, what's funny, I was asked by Doug Baldwin, former Seahawk, to play. I got a ruined ankle from football, and I wear this brace, this device, and we have a foundation we give them to veterans called runfreely.org if you want to donate today. Check it um, out. And But I basketball is not my thing. Give me, give me three steps and no rush. I can throw a football still all day. My arm's fine. I am yeah. not a basketball player. I can't move laterally, like bad moves. So I said, I'll just come and support it. And they decided, okay, that means we'll just give them a couple seats. That was very nice of you. And to see your face there, I was like, why is the, the storied, legendary sportscaster sitting in the stands and – the guy that is an expert on fart jokes and the Real Housewives of Atlanta doing the play calling, but I wasn't going to give it up since, you know, you got the gig. Calabro. And uh, who's had you met bo- Kevin Calabro before? I never met him. Oh, he's I, the best. He's the best. And he's the voice of my childhood. Yes. I mean, it's like, as was I. No. Damn you. Uh, that, w- that would be Craig Kilborn. God rest his soul. And uh, wherever he is now, is it, he's probably around there lurking somewhere. He's in he's in California, I think. Yeah, I so I play basketball, but I'm 50. And then if, for those of you at home who when the, you get a bunch of recently ex NFL players and ex MLB players and a couple of NBA players, it is the level of play is so high. Yeah, it's that, a decent game. I mean, started shaky, but they, they got good. Doug Baldwin has game. He dunked in the game. Yeah, I mean, it is. It was like uh, that. My good friend Adam Ray, who's a really funny comic, and who was in the game from I Seattle. met him. Well, yeah, really good guy. I was like, you're gonna get killed. Yeah, no, he hit a couple shots. He wasn't horrible. One shot. Don't All give right. him any more than that. You heard me, Adam Ray. Okay. Um, what was it like turning fifty? Was that anything to deal with? I started my midlife crisis when I was about twenty six. So. I eased right into it. Uh, I worked in Georgia all last year and people like, you can have a party and all that. Uh, And it was still, you know, it was right before Omicron. So things were kind of okay. But uh, I, this was, I was working. So I flew home. I flew home on a Saturday. Uh, I came, walked in the door. Uh, They said, happy birthday. And then I made dinner. And then I said, it's my 50th birthday. 
I feel like I should pick the movie. And they were like, yeah, as long as it's King Richard, then we can do that. And we watched King Richard. Great. What a celebration. Yeah. And then I got onto a plane the next morning and was on set in rural Georgia at 6 a.m. on Monday. What were you making out there? Stargirl. Thank you for mentioning it. It's coming out next month on the CW and HBO Max. And uh, it's in its third season, but I just got added last season. Is that Passenger, who's a delight of an actor? She's the lead. And then there's like Amy Smart. Luke Wilson's in it. And it's uh, made by Jeff Johns, who used to run DC. And he's an amazing comic book maker. Luke Wilson, I got to meet at a horse track in March. He's a friend of a horse race owner. In Miami or in Florida? Yes. yes, And what a nice guy. He's like, he's like, I thought he would be, you know, just he's that guy. And I told him you were in maybe the funniest scene I've ever, besides the ones we've mentioned on this show, in uh, Royal Tannenbaum's where he takes the tennis scene shoes off and he's on the ground at Wimbledon. He's, I believe he's crying and like, it's just, you have to see it if you haven't seen it. It goes right now. it's remarkable. And then, and then after that, just watch all of idiocracy over and over again. You will see nine master performances in one, including Dak Shepard. And of course, Maya Rudolph and yeah. And he's a super nice man and way Indeed. too cute. And it makes me hate him. What else would you like to plug? Even though that's not celebrity perfect. beef. I'm back on E talk Can about make. what is it? It's a cooking show where, uh, two celebrities and myself, they kind of compete with each other on some dish and I just yell at them the whole time and they yell at each other. I love it. And um, it's very uh, unorganized and unprofessional. Like and it, this. Not this unprofessional. Come on. Uh, so talk to Paul Aspan about it and we'll see. No, uh, and it's, it's a um, silly show, which... Um, uh, e allowed me to do another show. Somehow I'm back on E. But as long as I was like, as long as we can do a show that has, you know, same sort of like no rules as the soup did, then I'll I'll do that. And then if anybody remembers that, then even a bigger bonus. Well, you're very old. True. So you were you. I mean, you the soup came out when you first retired. So I you, I you, remember uh, MTV. Yeah, when it was MTV, as we you know, the guys would talk about, hey, and this here's a song, and there'd be a music video. And you remember where the, I, I remember when videos would premiere, and oh, yeah. it was a big deal. Gather round. Yeah, here comes Foghat with another rendition of Slow Ride or something. You know, yeah. I feel like Foghat didn't really make it onto MTV. I just that's the first band that just popped in my head. I didn't have anybody else right then. Okay, I mean. I feel like it was every other, it was like a Duran Duran video every day. Yeah, they were prominent. Uh, Phil Collins. A lot of Phil Collins. Yeah. Uh I like, of course. (laughs) I like that video of the two guys. I don't know if they're really brothers or if they play that role and they're, you find them on the internet and they listen to a song for the first time and you see their reactions. Oh, I know that. Yeah. And their reaction when they heard the dun 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 on Phil Collins, I can feel it coming in the air, you know? It was yeah. amazing. Funny those and, and refreshing. For, uh, there's, there's a listening video for the first time. Listening, one, one of those for War Pigs by Black Sabbath. And it is amazing. I was going to tell you that I came back to Hartford from the Seattle trip and faced with a fence problem, an air conditioning problem, and a roofing problem. But no one wants to hear about my stupid problems. I'm so like, sorry. Yeah, nobody gives a damn. Because like you That's notice terrible. like on Twitter... You're leaving. No, he's that's that's physical comedy. He pretended to walk out, but he didn't really. He's back. I'm very interested. I hear you. When people are on Twitter complaining about their flight was delayed and they're so mad at American Airlines, how lame is that? It's the lamest thing I could ever. I was like, do you, especially with that? Because I was like, wow, I'm sweating a lot. That's a lot of caffeine I've had. Uh, Especially that you're like, oh, the food was bad in that. That magical cylinder that carried you thousands of miles in just a few hours where just two generations ago, they probably would have died from a disease or broke something when they fell off crossing a river or something. 
Like, you know, like think about it. Like my great grandpa left Norway because they were starving, went to Ellis Island, forgot his last name. They're like, you got a new last name. They're like, yeah, you're never going back. And that's it. Whereas we are like, we just went to Copenhagen for Lego con and, you know, and the people I, and I, I, I was like, this is, it's a, it's iced. Maybe I'm too old. I was like, it's a fucking miracle. So I'm with you. Like we take for granted the thing, like we, when our phones don't work for 30 seconds, we want to throw it against the wall. Like yeah. they're supposed to be infallible. You're just yeah, a or, simple regular guy who emigrated from Norway. Right. Or you get into a car and it starts every time. So you don't want to hear about my air conditioning fence or roofing issues. My parents in Seattle have a parapet around their roof. So they had a flat roof, right? And then they remodeled and put like basically like a pretty wood paneling. They fancied thing. it up. What? They fancied it up. They fancied and they it went up. back to Seattle after hating on it. There we go. And they didn't, uh, but the they didn't put real great drainage in. Uh-oh which is a real problem. It was fine when it was a flat roof. It was slightly, it's slightly sloped, so the, the rain would just go into the gutters. But then they put the parapet up, and it's never been the same. And my brother, he lives in Seattle, and my parents were in Palm Springs, and it was raining like uh, like the Bible was predicting. And uh, my brother got up there and started sending photos. And he's like, I think there's about 10,000 pounds of water up here right now. <laughs> And he, no, he was kind of shocked it didn't. And uh, he drained it all off. And he kept telling my parents, he's like, this is going to happen again. They're like, well, thank God it didn't happen. We're not going to do anything. And then that's been the last of it. Oh, I'd fix it probably. What happened to your fence? Did your fence get torn down? Um, I don't want to get into that. The You got a neighbor dispute? You said fence. And so I'm asking you about it. And you're like. Not interested in talking about the thing that I brought up. We have a fence project that has stalled. Let's just say that. Like, like you've hired people before to do things, and then they just stop showing up, and you got to call them like, hey, remember the thing that we had going on? Um, um, well, I just start yelling at the different people, and then yeah. eventually somebody comes. I'm terrible. Are you handy at all? I'm the worst. Gretchen has to build anything that has to be built. I'm, I can barely use a hammer. I can... I'm oh I'm oh barely okay. I, there's like I can fix a toilet. Oh no shot. Uh, what? Uh, no shot for me. If I am the one who fix it, we will have a flood. Like if the zero. toilet is running, I can fix that. Oh yeah, you can lift the stupid bobber thing. Yeah, I can. Yeah, but that. you'd be surprised at the number of people. Like I know how to change a tire, and I changed a tire for a friend, and he looked at me like <laughs> I was a god who had descended from heaven. <laughs> I have changed tires, but I don't think I've changed one in 35 years, and I don't want to ever again. Why? I, because I have AAA. I agree. Now, and AAA California is unbelievable. They will they are circling at all times. It's great. Hey, Maine is sponsored by AAA of California. If you have automotive needs, call AAA California. How's the AAA in Connecticut? Well, we never use it. We just pay money, and we never even use it. It's so stupid, but it's like having insurance, right? You you have insurance for stuff you don't want to have. I mean, it's happen. a good thing. It's definitely a good thing to have. Do you want to play something other than you've played? This is a real question I just made up. I didn't write it down. I'm not reading. Okay. Like something super serious, like a serial killer, like whatever, like Something you haven't done. I don't have your anthology in front of me. Maybe you've already done something like that. I have. Just, Thanks a lot. Fuck you. Yeah. I, was just, I was just in a show where I was super serious. I don't believe you. Okay, look up the show The Bear on FX. You'll see. We don't get that channel. It's blacked out in Hartford. Hulu! I signed up for every app there is. So I have full Comcast. Every last Comcast. Right. Then I have every app. We pay like $27,000 a month. It's I do too. I have the enough. dumbest thing ever. I, we spend enough on cable and streaming services to, if you had shown my grandpa that, they would be like, that was my income for 10 years. So, 
Each month you're paying that. Yep. I remember how it was going to be like, TV so much cheaper once we get rid of cable. And I was like, yeah, but if you want to watch sports, you got to <laughs> cable. Well, you can do it through some other, but yeah, you have like 12 things and we have to hit the Roku thing and then the other thing. And I'm like a grandpa. I just somebody set it up. I just let me push one button. Yeah. <laughs> and it's too, I, I'm too lazy. I was like, yeah, fine. <laughs> I even, we watched one show on that one last year. I guess it's worth it. <sighs> but we did watch the boys. I don't know if you've seen the boys. Yeah. I have not, but I will on your wreck. It's terrific. Did you watch the Beatles? Oh, no. But I, everyone, I, all on. my friends are like, how have you not watched that? I have the shortest attention span in history. Oh my God. Do you know, like Ken Burns? I love Ken Burns. Those are three hours. I love long. I can I can watch Ken Burns documentaries forever. I can okay, do can that. Can I give you one that's going to sound so boring? And I love Ken Burns. It's about the national parks. It's called America's Greatest Idea. Okay. Take the time to watch. It's amazing. Great. His, and by the way, his first episode of the Vietnam series is the best two-hour documentary ever. I would agree. Did you watch? And uh, so yeah. many parallels to what's happening to this country. Yeah. In the let's just talk politics then. To did you watch it. about? Did, wait, did you watch the one on um, prohibition? Yes, amazing. amazing. How about the Dust Bowl? Amazing. I didn't watch the country music one, but I hear it's great. I'm going to come around to that. And I don't know why I've been shy to watch it because it has to be a great documentarian. Ken Burns now joins us. Hi, guys. Thanks so much for the kind words. You know, we got to interview Ken Burns in L.A. when I was doing L.A. Sports Centers. And because he had the Jackie Robinson coming out, which was also amazing. And he says, hey, come here. And he pulls me around a corner and he shows me his phone. And he showed me the open to Vietnam that were, where the, the people went backwards. Remember the, the Jeez, thing? Yeah. All the characters? Wow. Unbelievable. We had Keith David on community for a season who voices many of his documents. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, and silver throat is his Instagram. And um, every time he'd open his mouth, I was just, I mean, Oh yeah. Yeah. That's I, like the guy who does the British um, Attenborough. Is it? Uh, the David British, yeah. yeah. Why haven't you invited me to be any of of your special Hollywood things so far? Oh, you haven't made the cut yet. Okay. If I do like a big thing, maybe. Well, it's funny because I had a good friend, and he went before a casting director, and he then said, "Oh, she wants your number two because she liked you were in this thing with me." And then nothing ever came of it. I read for something, nothing ever happened. So I would bug her like, hey, I could uh, do other stuff, that not just that one thing. And then is it because I didn't have some guy from a three-letter type office call for me? Did I look amateur hour? Hey, I'm that guy that you liked that one time. I want to be in. No, no, no. You're sitting in your backyard wearing an undershirt. This is not amateur hour mm -hmm. uh, at all. This doesn't look like... You're in a prison somewhere and you're on. Uh, look, maybe if we uh, we have a Hollywood party, we might invite you. But okay. that your wardrobe is well, you're actually too. You're overdressed for a Hollywood party. I think you can wear whatever you want in Hollywood. You can. And that, that it is a it is a it is the richer you are and the more famous you are, the more you dress like a slob. Have you ever gone to like a fancy Hollywood hangout restaurant place with your wife or friends or whatever? And then there's some other super famous, you don't really know them, but you still, you have to do, Oh, Leo's over there. I better go say hi. Or have you ever had been an awkward thing like that where it got weird? Uh, boy, look, I'm third if, tier. If you need to defend Hollywood again and yell at me, go ahead. Uh, no, how dare you? If, if I knew, if I know the person, I'm no, going to go. No, you don't know him. You don't know him. But you're wondering, do they know me? I'm Joel McHale. You remember me from those shows. And then you're like, do I do, you know, hey. I, look, the way I became friends with Kyle McLaughlin was at, at, we were both on the same Alaska Airlines flight from Seattle to LAX. And I was huge fan he's from seattle so i was this podcast like brought to you by alaska airlines alaska airlines um i don't know what their current catchphrase is the airline that flies in airplanes how about alaska airlines we now fly to more places than alaska i have given them so much of my money over the years because you uh, sat with him oh no we didn't sat with but i was like i saw him on the plane i was like oh we got to say something uh, I got to say something because I'm a big fan. So I, at the baggage claim, 
I was like, Mr. McLaughlin, it's uh, my name is Joel McHale and, and a uh, big, huge fan. And then he kind of, he was like, Oh, Oh. And, and then we became friends. So that, that was a good, that was a happy story. So you're better friends with that guy than me. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I've known Who's him for wife? years now. I have a very strong uh, appreciation of like the success we've had and the little bit of money we've made. Little I bit. Take, I don't take that lightly. The little bit of money. Well, we're burning it like we have it right now because of the AC fence roof. Two college tuitions going out the door in about a week. Yeah. Uh, How old no, are your kids? I look. Yeah, we everything that I have was handed to me, so I can't relate. But uh, you know, they just handed that. No, uh, I think it's clear. You received a dowry. That I got a da- I did get a dowry. Uh, but my marriage was arranged, but, uh, we worked our asses off and I always have the thing like every job, the next job, that's my last one. And so, and then I start, you know, buying stuff and then I get, it's great. Is it weird though? Like most of my deals would be two year, three year, even four year. Like I knew, Oh, next few years, I, I have X amount. I know that much has come. Is it weird taking project by project and if it's successful, man, you do really well, right? In success. Yeah. If the show it, gets killed, then you got to go find another one. I'm so used to things not going for so long now. Like the soup went for a long time and so did community. And those are two exceptions. Uh, but I now kind of strangely, I'm so used to how it is now. Kind of like, well, you're going to make this much from stand up. You'll do this and that'll be a thing. And you piece it together. And if I wasn't piecing it together... I think I would be even more nervous because mm-hmm. because I'm so used to not knowing what's coming next and trying to get things going. Keeps you hungry. And it just, it's what I'm used to. And I, it's like, if someone said you're going to have a nine to five job for 40 years or whatever, I would, that wouldn't make any sense to me. What's your favorite color? Blue. Great answer. That one I wrote down. I want, um, I'm at 9% battery. And this is a great, you know what? This is the best way to ever get out of a podcast. I'm a 9% battery. Oh, uh, what are we going to do? That's like wait, someone saying, did I write phones? any questions? I didn't write any questions. I wrote your name. Well, here's what we'll say. So we're not at, like, this is part one. Let's do apocalypse now, Ridu. And now the next one will be Ridu. Do you speak any foreign languages? Benkyoshimasu. I speak a bit of Spanish, but the number one thing I know how to say in Spanish is please speak slowly. I don't know very much Spanish. Oh, I know one phrase. It's muy necesario que hablas muy despacio, por favor, porque no entiendo mucho. Una palabra y una palabra. Oof. And they think, oh, shit, this guy knows Spanish. I I can say mon français mon très mauvais. Mon français a très mauvais, which is, pardon me, I don't speak French. <laughs> which works really well in Paris because they hate most people that are like, Hello, I would like a croissant. And if you have a Danish of some sort, I would love one of the. Uh, so if you start attempting French, it works out. So you'll follow mon français, toi mauvais. And then they're like, all right. Joel McHale, <clears throat> how committed are you to Trump 2024? <laughs> now that with 9% battery is quite the transition. No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm all, I'm voting for Alex Jones. Someone a little more middle of the road. Yeah, you know, I just, I know he's like not so, you know, people don't like him, but so many good ideas. I know you don't like to do the ratings thing. It's not a quiz. It's just zero to 10. How would you rate the United States right now? How it's going? (sighs) I mean, it depends on what we're talking about, but the uh, the country's existence, the the existence of our country. uh, It's pretty tentative right now. Maybe a seven. I got about a five. But I'm going to not quit. I'm adopting five states for the November election. What do you got? Um, Georgia, Florida, Texas. Um, I'm Two are open. Kentucky, maybe. Like, you know, send money to good candidates, make phone calls, get some yeah. voter registration shit going on. Uh, so let's not give up so that we can come back in a free country and you can tell us more Hollywood stories. I would say I'm going to leap over you and say, let's make all the U.S. territories states finally. Agreed. 
And why isn't so, Puerto Rico and DC? Why aren't they states? That's great. And then nobody even talks about it anymore. No one talks about you know, U.S. Virgin Islands. Yeah. Or, or uh, U.S. Samoa. Samoa. Love Samoa. Or Guam. Yeah, never been there. For appearing as our guest today, Joel McHale will receive a commemorative T-shirt. This is true. Don't. There's no joke here. John Clayton, our good friend who passed away. John Clayton. Seattle, Seattle guy. Um, How long ago? That was recent. Very recent. And this T-shirt company, Homage, or Homage, or Homage, however you like to pronounce that word, uh, they made a cool T-shirt to replicate. Remember, he was in that crazy ESPN commercial where he's living in his mom's you know, bedroom, whatever, and, and uh, wearing the Slayer shirt. So they yeah. made it look like the Slayer shirt, but it says Clayton, and I have an extra large I'm shipping to you. No, I want a larger medium. I want him tight. John Clayton was a good guy, yes? The best, the professor he was called. I knew him so long ago. He was at the Tacoma News Tribune when I was at Channel 11, KSTW, an hour ahead of the rest. And I would like workshop stuff. I'd be doing my little local sports. And I, hey, what do you think of this line? What about the, and like, I'd try it out with him and Steve Kelly and Art Teal, all the local guys. Uh, John was a dear friend. He was knowledgeable. He was always, you know, you call me any hour, John, what the hell's the deal about such and such? Like I'm on the air in five minutes and he'd always text you back and just a good dude. His wife had some health issues. He always took care of her and it was rough to see him go. It happened in March. I was down in Las oh. Vegas and a guy just walked up to me. Did you hear the news about John? And it was like crazy. Mm. So we've lost too many uh, good friends. We just lost Hank Goldberg, another legendary ESPN guy, horse race guy, football guy. Yeah. We don't have a Hank t-shirt, but we should. Yeah. You do, you do get the John Clayton shirt. You were very okay. kind for all your time. When the poets oh. write of this 10,000 years from now, they're going to they say will. it was it was like looking into the future. We were so jagged and disoriented that it made sense. They were probably questioned. They're like, were they even human? Were they? They were so like luminescent they were so omnipotent how did they know so much they were just what were they did this podcast improve you do you feel like a better person for having done it well i'm relieved <laughs> that it's I, over i just i liked it but i am unsatisfied because i wanted to play craps the whole time i have dice right here oh my gosh i wonder what triggered me Guess the number that I'm about to roll. I used to always have this on the Sports Center set and roll it during commercials. Just feels good to have something in your hands, something to do. Yeah. Ready? Worry beads. What number's coming? What's your number? Four. Between two and 12. Four. It's an eight. You've lost everything you've ever owned. You have to go back and find another freelance project. Wow. We're really, uh, really finding a tough way Everyone to close thought. the show. So wow. many subjects that we haven't covered. God bless and everyone. Like, are they stopped? Like, this seems like a good ending. They stopped recording a half hour. We thank Joel McHale for his time. Thank you for our... having me, Kenny. I'm a big fan. <laughs> Always have been. It was really fun. It was the dumbest, one of the dumbest things I've ever done. It was great. Let's Both do it again. Great. Hey, Maine is a production of me, Kenny Maine, and Odyssey. Our senior producer is Paul Aspen. Our executive producer is Jody Avergan. And our executive producer for Odyssey is Lena Glazer. Social media support by Joey Capone. If you like our show, please rate us, leave a review, and don't forget to subscribe. 